Hey everybody, before we get started, I want you to know about a podcast that I've been listening to for a while now. It's called Digging In With Naime. It's a podcast where host Naime talks all things beautiful, pertaining to the world around us with Eddie Malino's worldview. Naime is actually a past guest in one of my other episodes and a good friend of mine, so give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. D-I-G-G-I-N-W slash N-I-A-M-E-Y. Digging In With Naime, wherever your podcasts are available. Other, and this is Talk is Deep. I want to thank you guys for joining me for another episode. I know I say it every week, but I really do appreciate you guys taking the time to check me out. Um, it really does help. I know right now we are going through something together as people. Uh, the coronavirus, if uh, you're not aware, or if you happen to hear this in the future, uh, coronavirus is going on right now and it has affected the way a lot of people do things, how people interact, how people come together. And I uh, just wanted to do something different uh, during this time. And uh, an idea I had was to actually read something that I've been working on for a while now. It is a work in progress. So I wanted to just uh, read it for you. It's going to be the first two chapters of what I've been working on. Uh, The title of it is called Strawberry. It is a novel. And uh, like I said, it's a work in progress. Uh, Before we get to that, I just want to say thank you guys for um, looking at the last week's episode with my friend uh, Jasmine Russell. She is a teacher right now at VCP, and uh, I know that the virus has definitely affected the way she is doing her job. So I just wanted to give her a shout out, say hello, and uh, listen to the episode with her because it's really insightful on just teaching and uh her passion and it was a, a lot of fun. Like we did it at a library, and uh, it was it's pretty cool. So uh, check it out. If you guys do want to support this podcast, you can click the link in the show notes. Uh, anything helps. I want to give a shout out to uh, a supporter, uh, Kelly Willis. She has actually donated. I didn't even know this, but I found out. I think it was last week. I saw that her name was in the the donations so i want to say thank you to her uh personally uh for extending the time and the resources to help me out with the podcast because the money is going to be going to new equipment for the podcast so i really do appreciate it and if you guys want to be a supporter too just click the link in the show notes and uh any dollar amount helps like a one dollar two dollar doesn't matter 50 cents anything honestly helps uh i know if you don't have it right now that's totally fine because i was doing the same I am <laughs> without it so you know, it's not gonna hurt me but I know a lot where we are uh, as a nation you know trying to cut back and pinch these pennies so uh, even more so if you do happen to donate I just really do appreciate you taking the time to do that all right so uh, the book that I've been writing is called strawberry fun fact I actually wrote 
it in high school. And what happened was, as I just put it away, because I didn't think it was good. I had a couple of friends that actually read it um, back then, and they were encouraging me to get a, try to get it published and things of that nature. But you know, life got in the way. I got away from it. And recently, I found it and I sent it to one of my good friends, best friends, um, Zebra Garcia, uh, Balderas, I should say, actually. And she was like, oh, my gosh, you should really try to get this published. It's a really good book. So I have been rewriting it, updating it, uh, tweaking it a lot because a lot of it's really outdated. So, like I said, it's a work in progress. Uh, before I do read it, I want to let you know that this is my work. So don't try to copy it, um, reuse it, um, anything of that nature, because it, uh, it is my work, original work, and um, it is subject to copyright. So. Just want to get that out of the way before I get started. So, without further ado, I'm going to be reading you the first chapters of Strawberry. I hope you enjoy. Please be advised that this contains adult language, situations, violence, sexuality. Uh, listener discretion is advised. If you're on under the age of 13, I advise you not to listen to this. So, just a caution to everybody that may be around somebody because uh, it is a lot of adult content. So, enjoy. Chapter 1. Now. God, an omnipresent being, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knew he wasn't supposed to use the name disrespectfully. He could hear his mother's voice now, mildly displeased, as she scolded him on the importance of his name. And that thought made him smile, if only for a second. Micah's smile was washed away by the drowning sounds of chatter as his reality slowly resumed, unveiling the fantasy in his mind. Why am I here? he asked himself, as he snaked his way through the meld of people surrounding him. He looked for the exit, which, when you're 5'7", may be a little difficult when 6'4 gentlemen are grouped together. Micah didn't miss the days of having to deal with egos of men like that daily. It's not that he couldn't handle it, it's that it was just too much damn energy to listen to them discuss the wontons of their sexual exploits. It could have been because he was somewhat jealous that so many of his peers were having sex in high school and he was a virgin. Some wounds never heal, he thought. He watched the swing of one of the gentlemen and maneuvered his way behind him to exit outside. Promo girls for the event stood at the top of the steps of the hotel, dressed in shorts with only the sole purpose of covering their good good, and atop that, if they were trying to kid anyone, was just a bra. He nodded awkwardly to them as they smiled and chuckled, their gorgeous features flashing in the moonlight. He felt like he was touching the concrete ground with his very toes as the sound of his dress shoes clacked while he descended the stairs of the hotel. The cold, brisk air made him squeeze his suit jacket a little tighter as he began to head to his car. Class reunions were always unpleasant, depending on who you were. If he had a status of some sort during your school years and you achieved nothing or very little, it was hell having to feel like you owe people you haven't kept in touch with through anything more than a complex and a Facebook on why you haven't achieved your master plan yet. Micah didn't want to subject himself to their menial conversation and thought best to just go. Micah? He had come to be familiar with the soft voice behind those words. It didn't register with him immediately, for that voice had slowly started to become unfamiliar, but when he turned around, his mood had dramatically improved. A short, full-frickered woman stood across the sidewalk in a black dress, which had silver shimmer around the neckline that calculatedly show off her cleavage. Her cherry lipstick turned upwards as her smile beamed and Micah walked up to her briskly, almost knocking her over as he hugged her. 
Rose, my goodness, how are you? He asked with enthusiasm. She pulled herself away, fixing her dark hair out of her face and adjusting her dress. I'm doing well, just thought I would drop in to see if it's worth the regret. Juan forgot his wallet, so he went back to the car to get it. He irritates me. He's always forgetting shit, she said. Rose had been and, in a way, still was, one of Micah's closest friends in life. Probably one of the smartest women he knew, as well as one of the most stubborn and fiery, too. But he often joked to her that it was a Hispanic in her. Stop, leave that man alone. If he goes down to you as often as I know he does, then this is a small price to pay for the reward, Micah joked. Shut the hell up, you're so nasty, Rose laughed. I miss anything? A voice said from behind Micah. He turned around to see Juan waking up, his stocky posture swaying with purpose. He held out his wallet for Rose to see, which she scoffed as she rolled her big brown eyes, and he placed his wallet in his back pocket. Micah and Juan exchanged hugs, as only men do, clasping one hand while placing the other around the back of the other and stepped back. Rose giving you a hard time, Micah teased. Juan chuckled a little while Rose flashed one of her famous I'll cut you where you stood looks, which made Micah and Juan laugh together. Rose broke her stance and smiled too, obviously realizing how silly a potential argument over a wallet would be. I've missed you, Rose. How in the world have you been? Micah asked as they started towards the staircases. At least they're here. This might not be so unbearable, Micah thought to himself as Rose explained her most recent promotion. So now I'm in charge of a team of 20, which I'm basically doing anyway, Rose finished. I'm happy for you. That's so good. Not only are you getting paid to match your work, but you also get to boss people around. Rose, I don't know if there's anything left for you to achieve in this world. You're living my best life right now, Micah said with a smile. Rose laughed along with Juan at the statement. Oh, Micah, you're so silly, Rose said. How have you been? Ugh, the question I want to avoid, Micah thought. Time to put on my dizzy smile and do the I'm doing really well lie. Micah was in fact not doing well. Work is going really well. They are keeping me busy, which is nice. Another lie. Micah worked at a call center for a credit card company, and it was not something that brought him any ounce of joy. From a boss who breathed down his neck to customers who constantly berate him, he had really hoped he'd be doing something, anything, better with his life. But when you don't take chances, you never get change. Wow, that's good, Micah. I'm really proud of you and that you're doing something productive, Rose said warmly. Rose always had a way of making him feel good about himself, even if he knew it was a lie. She always had a motherly instinct that gave him such an allure to him when he first met her all those years ago. The evidence of that seemed to hold true as he found himself smiling in afterthought. You cool, man? Juan asked, seemingly snapping Micah back to reality. Cooler than any Willis and Dullaberries freezing off out here. Come on, let's go inside, Michael chuckled, placing his hand on Juan's back. Rose shook her head in disbelief, trying to hide her smile, and the three of them ascended the steps into the chaos of the past. Back inside, the place had turned up a lot more in the past 20 minutes from when Micah had left. The hotel lobby seemed to be full of people who had way too much to drink. Michael, Micah glanced at the lobby, which had a myriad of men vying for the attention of the women there. He found it so interesting. Seduction. All of it was a game, a game he knew all too well, one that he admittedly had been forced to learn, and at the same time, all too little. A man eyed a woman at the bar, which she returned with an equally hungry stare. Micah purveyed the man and smiled at himself as he noticed the man slyly slipping his wedding ring off as he stood up and made his way to the attractive brunette. Do you, playboy? Do you, Micah thought, and turned his attention to the ballroom entrance of the reunion. 
Wam was waiting for him at the door and said something to him, but turned on for wet plates so loudly that he only made out the words rose and drinks, which Mike understood and nodded. They maneuvered around sections of people on the makeshift dance floor until they made their way to the area where there was the least noise. Can I take her coat? A voice asked him from behind. Mike and Wam turned to see one of the promo girls from earlier, a woman, a little past Michael's shoulder height, with long black hair that seemed to shimmer even in the darkly lit room. Micah met her eyes in a flash of honey brown flash into his, clouding his thought for a second. Focus, man, focus, he thought with a smile. Nodded and removed his jacket, showing off his nicely pressed dress shirt, which complemented his khaki pants nicely. You can put it under Mike, he says he handed her the coat. That's a nice shirt. Blue looks good on you, the promo girl said. Thanks. I had a coupon at Ross. My mama always said, if I'm under six bucks, you don't need it, Micah said. If the promo girl was interested in any sense, he had watched with her interest with what he just said. He knew that by her reaction. She nodded her head and smiled wide-eyed, the kind of smile you give someone when you realize that they were better off unsaid. She walked off, away, her smooth, almost ivory skin disappearing into nothing more than a silhouette. Micah could feel the snicker from Juan building up and he turned to see him dark red. Smooth, man, smooth, Juan said with a laugh. Whatever, chef fat nostrils anyway, Micah said. Juan burst into laughter at the ridiculousness of the statement as Micah stood in his embarrassment like a parent being paged at Walmart. So how have you really been? Juan asked as if he knew. Micah sighed deeply and shifted his weight uncomfortably. I'm trying, man. Really. Just a lot going on. Well, maybe not a lot, but financially it's hard. I guess I thought I had more time to get life right, to get on track with what I feel I was supposed to be doing in this world but I procrastinated. I got complacent, and now I'm in deep regret and even deeper debt. I have no one to blame but myself, Micah confessed. Mom placed his hand on his chin as if contemplating what to say. Well, if you ever need extra work, let me know. I know how shit life can be, Juan replied. Mom was doing well for himself, what Micah was glad for. He knew he loved his wife and their child, and every sacrifice he had made for it was for the benefit of them. He now owned his own local advertising company, which he managed quite a few accounts, local landscaping businesses, boutiques, coffee shops, and that's just the few Juan had mentioned to Micah. He was at a loss for words as he took in what Juan had said. I, I don't know what to say. Besides, thank you, Micah said humbly. Juan waved him off to say it was nothing, and they had both turned to stare at the crowd of the past. To the left of them, the crowd seemed to part as if they were the Red Sea themselves, and through the middle, Rose reappeared frustration on her face as she batted a loose hair out of her face what's wrong Juan asked approaching her hand outstretched in a caring way Micah stood and admired the gesture Juan had shown her some people make it work he thought Juan being of good nature attentive and protective of his bride made Micah catch a glimpse of jealousy not that he wanted Rose for himself but just the fact that he saw what was possible and then it made him reflect on what he didn't have at least not anymore then we'll be back after, he heard Rose say, catching the end of her sentence as it came back to them now. She grabbed Juan by his shirt and shimmied in a dance fashion as they both disappeared into the dance floor. Oh, she probably said they were coming back after they danced, he realized, and nodded to himself, unsure of what to do next. Dancing didn't really sound tempting to him, and though he really wasn't a drinker at all, the type of drinker who would get lit off of Mike's hard lemonade, suddenly found the bar so tempting. He made his way through the crowd to venture out into the hotel lobby, where he found himself at the very bar he had seen the man and woman at, who were now gone.
He grabbed an emptied stool and tried to motion to the bartender, who seemed too busy working two male customers for a tip. He shook his head and put it down at the idea of having to wait for the two gentlemen to be rejected and give away their money when he heard a voice. Excuse me, I think that gentleman is trying to get a drink from you. He looked up to see the same promo girl from earlier, the one who took his coat, talking to the bartender. The bartender bared her green eyes at Micah with a resentment for making her lose steam with the two men as she approached him. What do you want? The woman asked hurriedly, twirling gum between her luminous fingers and brightly painted fingernails. I'll take a Henny and Coke, please, on the rocks, and also, I'll cover what she's having, Micah replied, pointing to the promo girl from across the bar. She saw what he was doing and waved her hands with a smile. She walked over to him, and he followed her every step, her hips swaying with purpose. She had a bounce to her that if he had seen her from behind, the sight of her ass moving would have been enough to make him pick his jaw up. Sorry, I don't drink while I'm working, but thanks. That's so sweet of you, she said politely. Duh, of course, fuck me, right? I'm sorry, he said, feeling embarrassed he had even attempted the gesture. The promo girl laughed at his words and made him question if he had further cemented his embarrassment. You're fine, really. Don't worry about it. It was sweet of you. I'm Daisy, by the way. I remember you. Mike, what the Ross keep on, she said, poking fun at what he had said earlier. Michael laughed embarrassingly. I know, I know. Definitely not the smoothest introduction, he admitted with a chuckle. The bartender had placed his drink on the bar, and he nodded with a smile to thank her, to which she replied with a fake one that white women have mastered so well over the years. He rolled his eyes and turned his attention back onto Daisy. Sadly, it's not the worst introduction someone's given me, Daisy said. This gave him a piqued curiosity. Really? How can you top that, he asked. Had a guy walk up to me, and he literally said was, I noticed you were half-dressed, I guess the hard part for me is almost done. And I felt like puke was going to come out of my mouth, she said. They both laughed at her impression of the man, and Micah took a drink from his cup. Yeah, he sounds like an example of what not to say if you don't want to make a girl think you want to rape her. Goodness, Micah replied. I know, she laughed. Like, I know I'm half-dressed, but start with a line like that puts you in a creeper status. Don't worry, I'm not a creeper, unless you think extreme couponing at retail stores is creepy. Then I'm just not meant for life at all, he joked. She laughed, putting her hand on his chest with a light push, which made his dick twitch slightly. Nah, you're cool. I would just cut a hole in your jacket sleeve or something if I thought that, she shot back. She's quick, he thought with a smile. She sniffed and wiped her slightly rounded nose and rubbed her arms. I'm going to head back to work. Movement is the best thing to keep me warm, she said. Okay, well, do you have, like, IG or Snap? I'll give you a follow for hooking me up with the bartender attention. I mean, it's the most I can do, Micah said. Don't you mean the least? She asked, slightly puzzled. Micah smiled at her confusion to his play on phrases. I mean what I say, and I say what I mean, he responded. She laughed and shook her head as he had out her hand. Give me your phone, I'll give it to you, she said. Micah patted his pockets until he remembered his phone in his front pocket and pulled it out. He handed it to her and she tapped on the screen to unlock it. Who is this? She asked, holding up his phone, revealing his wallpaper of his girlfriend. That's my girlfriend, he replied quickly, almost too quickly in his opinion, and figured she wouldn't be okay giving her information to a man who was taken. Daisy just smiled and nodded as she opened the Instagram app on his phone. She typed in her username, Daisy Does It, and hit the follow button. Micah, that's a nice name, she replied in a soft voice. He knew she had seen it on his profile. Thanks, he said, scratching the back of his head with a smile. See her on, Creeper, she said as she turned around. He watched her thin frame walk again, this time getting a view of her backside. Her ass had dinner because they were eating her shorts up, which made it look even more plump. The illusion of clothes was sometimes a beautiful thing, he thought. Goodbye, Daisy, he said as she almost disappeared.
She turned around to give him one last look and locked eyes with him with an intensity that aroused him, which he chose to blame on the liquor. As she vanished, he turned around and faced the bar, letting the drown of noise fill his head. He checked his phone for the time. Really, he checked to see if his girlfriend texted him, but as he figured, she had him. 10.45. It feels later, he thought, as he downed his drink. He slid his glass to the front of the bar, signaling that he wanted a refill. Well, sir, I think you may have had enough, a voice too distant yet too familiar said. He smiled before he turned around, and standing before him in a pink floral one-piece with flowing blonde hair was one of his longtime friends, blue-eyed Jayla Lee. Micah stood up and embraced her as if she was a long-forgotten sister, holding her ever so tightly and warmly, her light fruit perfume wafting through his nostrils. She reacted as if she had taken aback by his sudden embrace, but soon returned his likelihood. My goodness, I missed you, girl, he said as they broke the hug. He held her hand and spun her around as she giggled. You look really well. It seems all that Texas air has been good to you, he joked to her. She fanned herself at the flattery, clasping her hands together. Thank you, big brother. You seriously got to come see me there. I can show you around town, she said, her Texas accent slipping through. He always found it amusing when her Texas drawl came out with words. In time, little sis. In time, he replied, pinching her cheeks. She swatted his hand away, cheeks flushing like rouge had been applied. How and why are you here? I thought you couldn't make it to the reunion, Micah asked a little too loudly. His Hennessy and Coke were starting to catch up to him slowly. Yeah, I wasn't at first, but Rose, you know her. She could be the world's greatest interrogator the way she can wear you down, Jayla said. Something about you need to see your friends, the people who know the real you and accept all of you. Anyway, it stuck in my chest like Granny's honey gumbo, and you wouldn't go away until I decided to come, she said, talking a million miles a minute. I'm glad you're here. Seriously, it feels like it's been so long since all of us have been together, Micah said somberly. To Rose and Jayla, this evening may be just another day on the calendar, something to do to pass the time in their extraordinary busy lives. But for Micah, whether he realized it or cared to admit it, he needed this evening with them. Come on, he said, grabbing her hand. Rose and Juan are on the dance floor. They'll probably defecate themselves when they see you. At least I hope so, he joked. Jayla laughed at that as he pulled her once again to the bottom floor of the past. Kendrick Lamar played in the loudspeaker, and Micah bobbed his head to the words as he flowed through the crowd, spotting Juan and Rose. They were dancing face to face, entranced in something that looked like a story that only the two of them shared, a story that was interrupted when Rose saw Jayla lead. The next minute was filled with the two women yelling with excitement over one another, followed by long hugs and wiping away eyes, then back to dancing. If all girls interacted with one another this way, men would be obsolete, he thought, as he watched interaction unfold. Return the Mac faded in after the Kendrick song ended and the dance floor went crazy. Micah joined in with his friends, showing that he still hadn't missed much of a beat after all those years and moved with a fluidity that could only be described as rhythm. His dancing started to catch attention, unbeknownst to him, and chants of go get it escalated in unison among the crowd. A small circle formed around him and when he finally noticed eyes on him, he did what any person does when there's a dance circle. Tag the nearest person to take your place, which he did. The white boy popped his collar with a little bit of finesse and began to go into his flurry of uncoordinated movement like an infant child stepping in a puddle of muddy water for the first time. He wiped the sweat from his forehead and turned to see his friends cheering for him, obviously trying to rile him up. Good thing I'm so dark. I'd be blushing right now, he joked. Jayla chuckled and Juan laughed uncontrollably while Rose gave her usual oh my gosh expression, which always ended with her beautiful smile. And the four of them went out of the ballroom to the patio area, where people mingled among themselves in the most drunkenly fashion. I need some water, Jayla said as she fanned herself. 
Yeah, so do I, Rose added, sweat glistening down her exposed cleavage. I'll be back. You want ice? Juan asked the two of them. They both nodded yes, apparently too tired to speak, and Juan turned to Micah. You good? Yes, cool, I hear you. I'll be straight. Thanks, man, Micah replied. Juan nodded and disappeared back to the fold on his mission to get water. Girl, I don't know what you're doing, but if you don't deep throat that man, I will, Micah said. Ew, you're so gross, Micah Nayer, Rose replied. Jayla shook her head in laughter as Micah shrugged his shoulders. I'm just saying, he holds you down. You just better be letting him hold you down physically, if you know what I mean, he said, jabbing her shoulders with his elbows slightly. Yes, I wish I didn't know what you meant, but unfortunately, I understand English, Rose wittingly replied. Holy fucking shit. Jayla, Rose, and Micah, said a voice from behind Micah. He turned around and to see an old classmate of theirs, Robert Tymon, standing with a full-figured woman clutched to his arm. Her smooth ebony skin highly contrasted against his off-white complexion. His brown hair rustled as a gentle breeze came through, his rugged jaw tightening and loosening as a chill passed everyone by. Robert, that's a surprise. I thought you died, said Micah, telling his teradiddle. Rose nudged him hard, which he knew all too well as that's funny but shut the hell up gesture. Robert's lady laughed at what was said, which gave Robert an envious look in his green eyes, but quickly smirked, masking any chance of that motion reaching the surface. Out of the two of us, you came the closest to death, replied Robert, delivering a nice verbal jab of his own, bringing up a quick rebost of Michael's past. I see you're still funny, and I see you ladies have not changed for the worse. The ears have been kind to you, Robert said with a sort of grace to him. The ladies both smiled over the compliment. Simple, yet effective. Robert turned to the brown-skinned beauty, whose red dress was hugging her curves tighter than an R&B singer's cornrows, and beamed at her. This is my girlfriend, Viola, he said, showing her off like she was a new car. She waved shyly, her painted manicured nails glossing in the moonlight. Nice to meet you all, she said softly. Her voice had a softness to it that drew you in, but at the same time kept you away. They all smiled and gave their introduction to her as they took a seat on the huge sectionals that were placed outside. Can you believe it? Ten years already. I remember I lied like it was yesterday, Robert said, almost in half thought. Yeah, I know what you mean. It feels like once you blink, it's gone, Michael replied, knowing he felt the same way Robert did more than he cared to admit. I hope I don't blink again. I'm afraid I'll be dead, Juan said, returning with drinks in hand. The ladies graciously thanked him as he sat between Jayla and his beloved, saying hi to Robert and Viola on the way to his seat. I think it's bad that you guys stayed friends this long, Robert continued. Yeah? Some people might say, high school is high school. A most friendship should only be chapter in your life, not your story, Micah imitated. Fuck em, Robert replied. Micah liked that. A friendship should never have a timeline attached to it. If you vibe with someone and click, then who cares about the years or the circumstances? Fuck em, Micah said. Fuck em, Rose and Juan said laughing. Screw em, Jay Lee added. Everyone looked at her and burst into laughter. She turned red again and shook her head. Whatever, y'all know what I mean, she said over the laughter. Don't worry, we're just giving you a hard time, Micah said. Jayla nodded, though she still wasn't quite happy with being teased, and they began to exchange tales of what they've been up to in their spare time. Micah didn't, or rather did not, share too much about what has been going on with him, and what he had been up to was something he wanted to mention in front of Robert and Viola. So, I have to know, Viola said, licking her lips so subtly, yet almost to seem on purpose. I'm hearing all about everyone's present, but what about your past? How'd you guys even meet? I mean, no offense, how did you become recruited as the designated Negro? Micah laughed at that. Viola had just fed peanuts to the elf in the room, and though Rose and Jayla didn't see it that way, society would. Well, it's a really long story, and I'm sure you two have lots of catching up to do with other people, Micah said, chuckling. 
Now I'll be good. Ain't that right, baby? Viola said. She rubbed Robert's leg gently by the knee, inching her way up to his thigh to a point that made anyone who wasn't brave uncomfortable. When she reached the tightest part of his crotch, she kissed him tenderly, drawing him in, as well as Micah, to her presence. When she separated herself from him, he just nodded, eyes still closed as if she stuck in the moment had just passed. So, she said, pointing to Micah, what's the story? Mon looked at him, as did Jalen Rose. Rose's eye had an eagerness in them, as if she had wanted to hear his version of their story, and he smiled. All right, Micah said. I'll need a five-hour energy drink, some non-sterile gloves, and a half bottle of E&J, because this shit is about to get weird. Chapter 2 Then There was nothing at first. Nothing but him and his nakedness, covered in a soft linen sheet from his waist down, revealing the very little muscle he had on his chest and shoulders. The room was bright, and almost surrounding him, it seemed, as he laid in a golden trim bed. Micah couldn't comprehend what was going on, but somehow he felt at peace. Hey, sleepy. Glad you're finally awake, said a voice to his left. Micah looked over to see his girlfriend, Kathy Whitney, lying next to him, wearing a dark blue bra and matching thong. She was a full-figured woman, but the only presented itself as a bonus for him. He loved her figure, the way her curves seemed to cascade downward and formed into something amazing. Micah leaned over and kissed Kathy on her lips, which compared to his full lips seemed thin. Nonetheless, she returned his affection equally before he broke away from her. What are you doing here? he asked her puzzled. She smiled at him as he, she turned to her side, head falling into the space of her arm. He got to get a better look at her figure, her hips seeming like mounds of pleasure he wanted to touch and explore. Mounds of pleasure he had wanted for the longest. You know I'm here, she replied darkly, maneuvering to position herself on top of him. As she did so, excitement flooded Micah and lit a rigor in him that he couldn't deny feeling. She smiled in response to what she felt and leaned forward to kiss him, this time more intensely. He grabbed her waist on both sides and held her as it began a flurry of kisses that seemed to intertwine them into a dance, one that he never wanted to end. He traced his hands around the waistband of her thong, weaving them in and out as he made his way to her soft coffee cream behind. He grabbed a handful of it and pulled her closer to him, and she began to rock her hips back and forth on him. The cool air from the motion caused a light shiver of pleasure to surge through him as he again grabbed as much of her hair as he could in his hands, this time more aggressively. His kisses soon left her lips as he began to pattern his way from her neck to her heavy bosom, where he lingered a little longer kissing her ever so gently, a beguiling sensation that made Kathy rock her hips back and forth more rigorously and rougher, building up a sensation that was getting harder and harder for Micah to withstand. I want you inside of me, Micah, so deep that it takes my breath away, Kathy whispered to Micah. Those words set him off as quickly as she had finished saying them. The room seemed to get brighter, the air feeling warmer, their breathing becoming increasingly shallow until he let out a cry of pleasure. The light overwhelmed him, and he felt himself being elevated into the air, away from the bed, away from Kathy. His body turned and faced upwards as he ascended higher and higher, seeing the darkness at the end of the light until he was enveloped in it. Then he awoke. Micah sat up in his bed, covered in sweat. He looked at the clock and saw it was ten minutes until he was scheduled to get up. He removed the blanket to get some cool air circulating to the lower half of his body, and as he did that, he noticed a dark wet spot in the center of his crotch. Did I just pee myself, he thought angrily. He was 16. You just don't pee on yourself at 16 anymore. As he sat there in a bewilderment, he realized there wasn't a urine scent that followed. There was a little light coming in from the morning sun, 
but enough to make out the dark spot to be a dark white spot. And then the realization hit him. I legit just busted on myself. Again. Damn it, Michael thought to himself. Puberty for him had been in a pain in the ass, one that he wasn't quite adjusting to in the least bit. First with the changing of his voice, which was now stuck in an Annie Oakley Dr. Dre phase that made you question whether to laugh at him or respect him. Then came the constant hair growing everywhere that started a little earlier than 16 but had taken off in almost every part of his body, including his chest, which he had hated and tried to cover up by shaving it off when his mother went to bed. The worst of it all, besides the growth spurt that didn't seem to be much of one at all, was a constant semen that he didn't even know he had. It wasn't necessarily the wet dreams, but more so the hiding of the wet dreams from his mother. His mother, as sweet as she was, didn't know the best way to handle his puberty. The first time she saw him with an erection, he was sleeping, and she walked into his bedroom, seeing the wood he produced. She looked, puzzled, grabbed a pencil off his desk, and proceeded to poke it, saying, Hey, hey, what's this thing? Not the best way to welcome your son to the stages of becoming a man, in his book, and only made him more self-conscious of what he was going through. Michael shook his head at the traumatizing memory and got out of bed to once again change the sheets and hide the old ones. As soon as he finished replacing his sheets, his alarm went off. He sighed at the idea of losing the last 10 minutes of sleep to cleaning up a mess he hadn't even created with a girl and went to the entrance of his room to get ready for another day of sophomore year at Dysart High. You packed your lunch? Michael's mother asked as they approached the school. He hated riding with his mother to school. Being 16 men, he should be able to walk to school or take the bus, but she was always insistent in taking him for the fact that she she felt he needed a little church to get the day started. That simply meant she played pastoral sermons during their 13-minute drive, giving little amen and mm-hmms when the pastor said something she liked. Yes, it's packed, he replied irritably as he opened the car door. Hey, his mother called as he stepped out. Micah turned to stare at her deep brown eyes. Her tight braids hugged against her scalp as she moved from one side of her Hershey brown face. She smiled at him intently, which Micah knew was her attempt to make him laugh or smile. He held it in, trying to think of anything that would keep him from smiling. But his mother prevailed, making him smile the same beautiful big smile that he had inherited from her. What, Mom, he said, as he tried not to look stern. Have a beautiful day, and I love you, she said with a smile. Micah shook his head as he rolled his eyes. I love you too, Mom. Now bye. He says he shut the door. His mother waved to him and drove off, leaving him standing in front of the entry gate to his school. Dysart High was an increasingly growing school, one of which had a mass of diverse students, which he liked. Growing up in Peoria, Michael was almost always the exotic ethnic in the class. He never looked forward to the sea of questions the Caucasians had for him, ranging from what kind of shampoo do you use to how well can you dance. Even an occasional cocoa butter question popped up, which he found extra offensive. For how did white people not know the amazing benefits of cocoa butter? Still, he may not have liked it, but had come to expect it. When he got to Dysart his freshman year, he found the change in races a nice change. Hispanics, blacks, and even white people seemed to be in an even number in his class, which helped relieve a lot of pressure that first year and allowed him to be himself. The five-minute bell rang, and Micah knew he better hurry to class. The school gates led to the front office, which he saw pools of teens coming out, trying to blend into the herd scramble. Micah's class was on the other side of the campus, in the what the seniors called the old 3000 building, since there was a more updated 3000 building that made a focal point for the campus. The older 3000 building still served a purpose, becoming a media room, an early child development area, and a school library, with a few history and math classes as well. Micah picked up the speed as the two-minute bell rang, but he was gridlocked between students to do much. He knew he had to move quickly to make class in time, 
so he bobbed and weaved through the students until he found an opening, then grabbed his backpack as he crouched in a quick ducking motion, slipping in between the small gap that was created. In doing so, he ruined the rhythm of the students, causing the female one to topple over and fall on her forehead. She cried out in agony, and though Micah felt bad, new sacrifices were sometimes necessary for the greater good. He made a mad dash through the grassy field, jumping over puddles that seemed like hidden depths would swallow him if he dared miss a step and fall into one. Teachers ushered in students at double doors, threats of being late being repeated by them as he hustled into the building, rounding the left corner to see his teacher looking at her watch in great intensity. The final bell rang, and he knew he had five more rings of it until it was over, and he was late. The fourth bell rang, and he was bumped aggressively by some upper class trying to make it to their rooms. The third, and he gained his footing again, dodging a group of small approaching students. The second, and he entered his classroom door and gave his teacher a wily smile, knowing he would be fine. The last bell rang, and Michael was in his seat as the door swung closed, and his teacher approached her heavily, decorated wooden desk, which was to the right of the huge, now whiteboard. Hello, class, his teacher, Miss Williams, greeted dully. Her voice had an energy to it that sucked the spirit out of the room. Michael was interested in history, but not interested in listening to someone who sounded as if they lived through the times they talked about. The class all greeted her in a miasma of responses, mostly incoherent babbling. Michael sat in the second row in class, the furthest away from the teacher's desk, but close enough to pay attention to what was being taught. We have been studying the era of World War II for quite some time now talking about Germany's rise to power and the countries that began to ally them. Today, we're going to go into a little depth on why the Germany was so effective in their tactics and some of the long-standing effects of how tactics, when done effectively, can have positive or negative impacts on a nation, Miss Williams said. The class murmured at the idea of learning something like that, but Michael was in another place, taking out a pencil and paper. Please take out your textbooks so we can begin, she said. That dream was so intense, he thought to himself. I should tell Kathy about it. He placed a piece of paper in between the pages of his book and began to write a letter to Kathy to give to her at lunch period, the only time he saw his girlfriend. He was making good time to finish when the door to the classroom opened. In walked one of the school secretaries, striding with paper in hand and a blonde-haired girl behind her. Micah closed his books and looked at her with a fixated stare. She had the clearest blue eyes he had seen on anyone that seemed almost fake to look so clear. Her blonde hair flowed down evenly to her sides, hiding her soft features and small, yet evenly rounded jaw. Her awkward smile showed her bright pink braces coming through her pink small lips. As the secretary handed Miss Williams the paper, she smiled at the student, touching her shoulder as she walked out. The class talked amongst themselves, obviously interested in the blonde beauty staying there with her petite figure, yet ample behind. Miss Williams read over the paper and nodded as if affirming what she had written to be the truth. Everyone, we have a new student that will be joining us for the remaining of this class this semester. Her name is Jayla Higgins, she said finally. Jayla, Micah repeated in his head. Jayla, why don't you tell us something about yourself before you take your seat? This is a history class, after all, and it's not to get a little backstory. Can't know where you are if we don't know where you've been, Miss Williams chuckled, obviously amused by her own words. Jayla chuckled awkwardly, clearly humoring the poor woman, and cleared her throat. The class grew silent. Micah leaned in slightly out of his seat to hear what she would say. Uh, hi y'all, name's Jayla Higgins, I'm from Texas, I like the Cowboys, drawing, though I'm not look good at it to be honest, and I have a horse back at my home at my granny's, been at the school since freshman year, but still is taking some getting used to, look forward to getting to know y'all, she blurted out all at once. Her accent cut through the air thick in the room, like a fart in church. People in Arizona were used to hearing an accent like that, and it caught people off guard. Snickers and a multitude of whispers erupted throughout the room, causing the blonde to redden with embarrassment. 
Micah sat stoic, only observing her behavior. He felt pity for her, knowing that in a strange way, though she was white, he was only black kid in class, they all went out. We're used to getting that most of your childhood school life, sympathy, and compassion came easily. Still down, class. Let's not be rude. Nothing wrong with a little different, Miss Williams said, almost laughing herself. Now then, let's see. Why don't you sit next to Micah? There, she said, pointing to his direction. He stared at Jayla and their eyes met, an exchange that filled his heart with warmth and kindness. She nodded to the teacher and walked hastily to her desk, head down in embarrassment. She slipped off her backpack and got her necessary supplies and waited for the teacher's instructions. The summary page in your textbooks is a good starting point for us today. I think that'll give you a nice refresher of what was said then, so it will further enhance what you will learn now, she began. I want you all to open your books at the end of the chapter 8 and read the summary. I will give you all a few minutes to read it quietly to yourselves. Micah, why don't you let Jayla read with you until I can get her own textbook, she said, looking at the two of them. Michael was caught by surprise by the teacher's request and could only nod in response. He looked over at Jayla, who looked at him with a hint of sadness. Sorry, I don't mean to take up your time. I hope that's okay, Jayla asked. No, it's no problem at all. What else do you get thrust into an everlasting friendship? It's practically written in the stars at this point, Michael responded jokingly. Jayla smiled and blushed at his words, showing her braces as she did so. You don't think everlasting is too strong of a word, she asked curiously. Michael waved his hand in the air as if he was wishing away a peasant. Eh, details, he said, and moved his desk closer to hers so she could look at his book. She smiled and placed her elbows on her desk to prop her head on, getting herself in a comfortable position to read. When Michael was done, he opened the book and out slid his note to Kathy onto Jayla's desk, and as by some magical gesture, slid onto the floor next to her feet, out of his reach. Before he could react and grab it, Jayla was already picking up the letter, reading the words on the way up again. She let out a loud gasp as if she had read the confession of a murder, and Micah coolly grabbed the letter from her hand. He knew she had read too much. No one's eyes widened that large for no reason, and he was unsure of how to respond. Is something the matter, Micah? What is that thing that you're holding in your hand? Miss Williams asked, who was now sitting at her desk. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that was something personal, Jayla stated in a low voice, as to not draw attention to the conversation. Don't worry about it, really. It's fine, he said to Jayla. Nothing at all, ma'am. He replied to Miss Williams. Let me see this nothing at all, Miss Williams said as she arose from her desk. She began to walk up to Micah, arms folded. His heart raced as she walked up to him. He looked over at Jayla, who was now blushing red again, shaking her head while apologizing, knowing that he was about to have the deepest desires of his thoughts exposed to an adult, and maybe perhaps to class, if she was in a sharing mood. He knew he couldn't let that happen, that things would go downhill from there if she were to expose him. I must do something. But what, he thought to himself. Then, he had an idea. All eyes locked into Miss Williams and Micah as she stopped right in front of his desk, one arm out, asking for the paper as the other arm rested, notched underneath her elbow, lifting her breast. Micah did the only option to him. He quickly crumbled up the letter and placed it in his mouth. The class looked at him in bewilderment as he stared at his teacher, looking dead in her eyes as he gnawed on the piece of paper. She was astounded by the gesture, but let out a tired sigh instead of anger. Look... It's too early in the year for you to be acting like this, Miss Williams said. Micah's mouth was getting too full of spit and he couldn't speak, so he nodded. Spit whatever that is out and throw it away. This is a place of learning. Now show time at the Apollo, she said, and walked back to her desk. Ignoring the low-key racist comment, Micah got up and went back to the back of the class to spell out the letter. All his hard writing was going to go to waste, but he knew it was for the greater good. Classmates giggled as he headed back to his desk taking his seat once again next to Jayla. 
See, he said to her with a smile, don't worry about it. Jayla laughed quietly, and he began to, to as well, seeing how extreme his gesture was. When their laughter settled down, he held out his hand. I'm Michael Nair, he said with a smile. She took his warm hand and felt the cold touch of her skin as it shook. Jayla Lee Higgins, she said. My family calls me Jayla Lee. All right, Jayla Lee. I guess I should let the elephant out in the room, Micah said, preparing to rip the band-aid off. That was a letter to my girlfriend. Yes, it was about uh, intercourse. Uh, sex, if you will, he stumbled. Yeah, I kind of got that, she replied embarrassingly. Well, she seems to be well-satisfied girl at the least, Jayla said. Trust me, there's no satisfaction. I'm a virgin, he said somberly. But it's on a temporary basis, he added, as if sex was a contract. Jayla giggled at that and looked at the book in the front of them. So, do you want to catch with speed on this, she asked, pointing to the words on the pages. Micah took the hint to leave the subject alone and smile. He nodded and angled the book to give them both a proper view of the material. Don't sound too down with the virgin thing. I want too, she said nonchalantly. Micah didn't respond to that, but knew what she meant by saying it, and though it didn't change the fact, it did at least make him feel better. He cleared his throat and began to teach Jayla what he had learned so far. So that was the first two chapters of what I've been working on. The title, working title, is called Strawberry. Um, if you liked it, let me know. Uh, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or whatever you follow me on Facebook. Um, let me know what you thought. If you think I should post the next two chapters, let me know in the comments or something like that. Or let me know. Um, and I'll think about doing it. Um, like I said, it's a work in progress. So I apologize for all the stumbling and stuff like that. It's my first time actually reading it um, for people. So I apologize for the stumbling award and things like that. So, yeah, uh, feel free to follow me on Facebook, Nathaniel Butler Official. Um, Nathaniel Butler Comedy, that's where you can find me on Facebook. Uh, Nathaniel Butler Official on Instagram, that's where you can find me as well. Uh, Twitter, it is at my talk is deep as the official Twitter account for this podcast. So if you want to be up to date to what is going on, uh, you can follow me on there. Um, but a lot of stuff I do for my podcast, I do post on Instagram as well. So yeah, check it out Nathaniel Butler Official. You can find the links to all my accounts in the show notes if you just uh, take a second and check those out. Um, thank you again for listening to this episode. Uh, remember, be blessed and a blessing. Thank you. <laughs>